0: Welcome to The Journal.ie's The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. I'm Sinead O'Carroll, and this week, how do you get nominated for an Oscar? It's been a heavy year of news, to say the least. Death rates, hospitalisations, or numbers, vaccine problems, blah, blah, they're all part of our daily bulletins and conversations. So we need distractions. Separate to the art of theatre, Hollywood, the celebrity and the glam, have always been important in that regard. And there's no better example than award seasons. Our initial interest obviously always lies in the Irish contenders. Will Saoirse get nominated is always a big one. And we have seen outside success over the years through our acting talent and production capabilities. The animation sector has also been a huge success story of this island. A streak of nominations continued this year when Cartoon Saloon's Wolfwalkers was nominated for an Academy Award in the Animated Feature Film category. The film, described extremely accurately by NPR as a stunning, rich, densely packed visual feast, is up against the likes of Disney Pixar's Soul. So how do outfits working from Ireland get themselves in front of the judges of the Academy? Are the campaigns as important as the films themselves? What is it like going to the Oscars? I'm so delighted to be asking these questions, genuinely I'm smiling from ear to ear, not just as a break from COVID, but I'm really fascinated by a world that is completely alien to me. And to provide me with answers to these questions, I'm joined by Academy Award-nominated director Tom Moore of Cartoon Saloon. Welcome to The Explainer and congratulations, Tom. I'm just gonna start by stealing a line that I read in another review because it really summed up my feelings after watching Walkers. was that it was a rousing, lyrical, gorgeous adventure of a film. Aww. So this is your fifth Oscar nomination. So I guess starting off, were you expecting it?
1: I wasn't expecting it. No, uh, we were quietly optimistic about it. And it's only the third, I suppose, for me, and it's the third feature I've directed or co-directed. Um, but yeah, the studio now—it's starting to become a thing where you're afraid you're going to be the one that will break the streak. <laughs> And um, nobody wants to be the one that breaks the streak, but it'll have to happen sometime. But thankfully, we pushed that off for another day now.
0: I saw you make this analogy somewhere else, but like you're like a kenny hurler without an All Ireland. Would that be the kind <laughs> of similar vibe <laughs> from from someone who's based down there?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it's like, and it's terrible because you get a bit complacent, you know. Cause kenny people expect to be in the All Ireland every year, and they don't acknowledge how big an achievement that can be just to get into the All Ireland finally you know.
0: So tell our listeners a little bit about Wolfwalkers if they haven't watched it yet.
1: Yeah, it's kind of part three um, of the Irish folklore trilogy that we didn't intend to make until we were in the midst of it. We made Secret of Kells, <clears throat> was released about 10 years ago, and that was based on the the story behind the Book of Kells, as we imagined it. And then we did Song of the Sea, which was based on the old Selkie legends. And for number three, myself and Ross thought it would be nice to delve into some local folklore here in Kilkenny. So we based it on the Man-Wolves of Ossery, which are a little bit forgotten. And um, myself and Ross were just coming up with an idea that was about a little girl who comes over with her dad. And her dad is... uh, tasked with wiping out the wolves for Oliver Cromwell which really happened but she makes friends with a a little Irish girl who is actually one of the wolves that her dad is hunting and so there's kind of drama and conflict built into that but it's yeah it's set in 1650 here in Kilkenny and it's uh, yeah I think it's a it's a good adventure story for all ages
0: and how long do you put aside for it and how long is the reality of making a film like this?
1: Yeah, I mean, we came up with the idea about seven or eight years ago now when we were working on Song of the Sea. And I did sort of, like, I do like to try and continue one into the other, but it's been 20 years now and I should know by now it's never as... (laughs) quick as you'd like. So we had the idea and it was kicking around. And then we finished Song of the Sea. And Ross and I co-directed another little part of another film called The Prophet. Then the breadwinner was in production and we were working with Will Collins, the screenwriter on the script and trying to find the finance and all kind of clicked together. I'd say about four years ago. And then we were in full production for the last yeah, I'd say we were working on it all day every day for the last three or four years.
0: Irish Animation obviously has an amazing reputation a lot in part because of Cartoon Saloon. But what was it like when you first started the company compared to today, even just in terms of your own headcount?
1: Yeah, it's so different and it's hard to believe. I mean, we're so lucky. I think when we left college in 1999, basically the only work you could get would be moving abroad to work in video games. Most of our friends from college went into video games. One or two people ended up via video games in Pixar and DreamWorks and places like that. But there really wasn't much animation and not hand-drawn animation anymore. It was all kind of winding up, which was disappointing because we really loved hand-drawn animation. So there was about 10 or 15 of us at the start and li- really living on beans and toasts. We were given a space by Young Irish Filmmakers, which is a group here in Kilkenny that's still going that i have been a member of as a teenager. And um, yeah, we were just like uh, slaving away down there for a while, just trying to make our reputation, doing whatever we could, e-cars or commercials. And then we grew to a big size, about 85 people, to do uh, Secret of kells and Skunk Fu, our first production. And that was huge for us, you know, we were still in our 20s and it was massive. And it was the height of the Celtic Tiger, I suppose, and it was around 2006, 2007. But then it all crashed back down again. So. It's been a much more sustainable growth up to where we are now. There's about uh, between ourselves and we have another company called Lighthouse Studios here in Kilkenny, there's uh, over 300 people, which is crazy for me, like 300 animation professionals living and working in Kilkenny compared to where we were as recent graduates, where it didn't seem like there was any any work really in it. And we were kind of naive dreamers even thinking we could do it. So it's been a lovely, uh, lovely success story
0: so going from not being sure if you could even do it in ireland to being oscar nominated from ireland was that not a, even a real question in your head
1: yeah it was amazing because what happened was i remember when brown Bag were nominated for give up your Old sins and that was like this that was mind-blowing because they weren't that far ahead of us they were only a couple of years ahead of us in college And I mean, their studio is a huge success story as well, but Cahill and Dara, when they set up, they were just a very small team like us as well. So when they got nominated that time, suddenly we all were like, wow, something like that could happen. But then... You never expect it, especially not in feature films, because when Secret of was nominated, we were not even aware that we qualified. You know, we we were so not aware of it, you know. But as we were saying earlier, now, since that first nomination, which really put us on the map, it's almost become an expectation, (laughs) so it's hard.
0: Well tell take us through that technical stuff because this is the stuff I'm fascinated I mentioned in, in my intro there that like this world is completely alien to me. I'm much more comfortable talking about Kilkenny hurlers as you got a glimpse of <laughs> than I am this. So uh, like, how do you even like how did you find out that you could put your feature film in um at, into a category? How do you launch a campaign?
1: Well, yeah, that's what's mad. I mean, back 10 or 11 years ago with Secret of Kells*, we released it here in Ireland and we had um, Disney Ireland released it here, but it wasn't hugely successful in its first run. I suppose people just didn't know what to make of it. And then it started winning awards in different festivals around the world and bit by bit it kind of gathered momentum and we sold to different territories and eventually the new york children's film festival had secret of kells in 2009 and they had just set up a small distribution company in the us and barely qualified i did the paperwork unbeknownst to us and qualified it by playing it in los angeles and new york for the minimum number of screenings and somehow the word had spread amongst the animation community out there and we got nominated which was amazing and that was just pure like serendipity with no real marketing or anything from us now fast forward to today and we've got apple on our side and there it's become a much bigger endeavor where you know, the whole Academy now votes for the best animated feature. Back then it was only the animation branch. So you really have to reach out to everybody in the Academy as much as you can. And it's really only with the support of a big distributor like Apple that we can really stay on the map. But they've really boosted the signal amazingly. And some of the stuff that Apple have been doing is stuff that we'd never have been able to dream of doing in the early days, you know.
0: Can you give us a couple of examples, pulled back the curtain a little bit?
1: Yeah, they, they painted a, a huge, on the side of a skyscraper in New York, they painted a, a Wolfwalkers poster. on this. <laughs> It was amazing. And, you know, organizing Q&As with like Angelina Jolie and Gina Davis and important directors like Guillermo del Toro and stuff. And they've been doing a lot of stuff virtually that I suppose you would have done in person if you were out in L.A but just putting the effort into online marketing, lots of ads and Instagram and viral stuff, and then putting a lot of effort into like billboards and bus shelters and paid TV ads and everything like that. So it's been huge compared to anything else we've been involved with before. And yeah, the campaign this year is so different. Like for um, for The Breadwinner, which was our last feature film that was nominated, Angelina Jolie was the producer and she lent a certain amount of star power to the thing. But it, Nora was actually able to go out to LA and screen the movie for Academy members and meet and greet, whereas this time we've been um, in lockdown, of course. so. Um, it's all had to be virtual. So Apple have been amazing at, at thinking outside the box and, and they're continuing to do it. Like I'm, on Sunday, I'm going to do a kind of step-by-step drawing, you know, workshop for members of the Screen Actors Guild, you know, things like that I would never dreamt of doing. I and mean, they've been very clever about finding ways to get us from Kilkenny into the homes of the people in Los Angeles, you know.
0: Yeah, so you went from your first nomination kind of not even knowing how many theaters you had to get into, so obviously that's a rule. You have to be screened in a certain amount of theaters to it, kind of being a certainty that you would apply for it or or put in your put your hat in the ring.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. The, since we signed up with Apple, I mean, I was just talking. Amazing, I was just talking just before this to the head of Apple, the two co heads of Apple TV Plus, who I've never met before, um, but they I've um, been dealing with people that work for them. Um, a little bit further down the chain and they were saying that um yeah it, it meant so much it was kind of historic that they'd set up a streaming service and then the first feature animation that they um bought has been nominated so i think they were it was always on the cards for them that they wanted to make a splash arriving on the scene and for us to be kind of part of that it was been serendipitous for both of us i suppose
0: is there, and you might know this from talking to other people, is the campaigning different for animated films versus other categories in the Academy Awards?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I think the actors do a lot more cocktail parties and meets and greets and things like that. You know, <laughs> um, I think for animation, it's a, the animation has changed as well because since I joined the Academy, it used to be just a small cohort of people that would nominate who were all animators, but now the whole Academy is part of the nomination which i think is harder for small films to get noticed but uh, it certainly is um, yeah it's a bigger honor in a way too because it means you've been voted for by you know the actors branch and the directors branch and cinematographers and everything as well
0: Yeah, are there certain things, because people will say there's certain things that Oscar judges like seeing, like, you know, from an actor, an actress point of view, they like seeing big transformations. um, And they're usually quite friendly. Is there things in animated film that generally winners or nominees have in common or things that you know, will attract votes?
1: Yeah, I think the animation branch, I'm a member of the animation branch and we love to see diversity of technique. I think it's always interesting to see in the nominations that usually you'll see something like a stop motion, like Iron Man are nominated this year. We've represented the hand-drawn point of view and the smaller indie point of view. A lot of times we were nominated and then there's just always your Disney Pixar. So generally, if it's a narrative with a good emotional core and has some kind of a, interesting technique that's usually recognized by the other animators. But once it goes out to the rest of the Academy, it's still a mystery to me what they like or don't like. (laughs) So
0: So for that, you're probably not tempted then to play into the hands and kind of try and make a, inverted commas, Oscar-friendly film.
1: No, somehow the films we've been making would have been Oscar friendly and I couldn't tell you why. Um, Somehow I think there's some kind of an appetite amongst the Academy to reward independent films from abroad as well as the blockbusters. Of course, you know, it's it's fairly unusual for anyone other than Disney to win the Oscar. But in terms of nominations, I think there's always space for a bit of diversity, which is lovely.
0: Yeah, I'm going to skip a couple of questions because you brought it up. How does it feel to compete with the likes of uh, Disney Pixar?
1: You know, it went from being utterly surreal and just being kind of um, glad to be in the same category as it were, um, to now it really feels like we're going to put up a fight, which is mad because even though we have Apple behind us, which do bring a lot of firepower, our movie was made here in Kilkenny with our partners in Luxembourg and France for €10 million and uh, sold by Disney Pixar is like €150 dollars so like we're still tiny by comparison in terms of the resources that get put into the movie but apparently you know the story is king and people are responding to the story and everyone talks about us being a close second to them in the race so we're just excited to be kind of closing in on them uh, from being the dark horse coming out of nowhere now we're starting to become more of a real challenger which is kind of an amazing honor huge respect especially for people like Pete Doctor in Pixar. He's just an amazing director and they do such beautiful films. For us to be seriously comp- competing with them is, yeah, it's surreal and amazing, especially since we're doing it from, you know, small city in the middle of Ireland.
0: Yeah, because one of the points of differences that most of the American reviewers have have mentioned is the, the hand drawing, that it very much feels like an animated film and that you can see the artist's pride in what you have done in almost every single uh, scene. And that's quite different to some of the others that are looking at, like, more CGI and making things feel very almost real rather than animated. So could that actually allow you to pip them at the post?
1: It could. It might. You know, I'd, I'd love if it would. Because, I mean, the film is a love letter to hand-drawn animation, love letter to Kilkenny, a love letter to Irish folklore, you know. But, like, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Because we're dealing with the wider academy, I hope that there will be an appreciation for the craft. But at the end of the day, I think what you're really relying on is audiences to respond to it just as a story. You know, if the emotional core of it with the the main actors and the two little girls as the main leads, if that resonates with somebody who doesn't understand anything about animation, that's what you're really hoping for, you know, because if it's down to rewarding the craft, There's things like the Annie's and uh, other animation specific awards. Um, But when it comes to the Oscars or the BAFTAs and things like that, you're just competing as a film, really. So the technique is great. And it's an added flavor if you're enjoying a movie. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't work just as a movie with a emotional reaction from the audience, you don't really have a chance of winning. So that's what we're really focusing on.
0: One of the things that I noticed about the film is that it feels extremely Irish like everything from the accents the history it's all just a, an Irish portrayal of Ireland our culture our history is that something you've talked to audiences or the academy about like at in the middle of award season is it a good thing to be Irish
1: I think it, I think there's a general appetite these days for diversity in the filmmaking and authenticity and the fact that we're Irish Filmmakers making an Irish film representing Irish themes, I think, is a plus these days. It used to be, I think, that you'd almost try and Americanize the film to be acceptable in America. But I do think there's an appetite now. I mean, we saw things like Parasite win the Oscar, so um, yeah. I mean, I think it's only in only in our favour that we're. We're speaking from outside the system and offering something different. You know,
0: so you're nominated this year, but obviously it's a year like no other. What is the story with the ceremony?
1: Well, I have no idea because I think it's happening in person. But I don't think I'm going to be able to go because of the COVID restrictions so I don't know what what kind of accommodations they're going to make for us international nominees who are um, under different rules or whatever but I don't know maybe there'll be some change in the rules before it's still two months away I might be able to get there so I don't know so far all that I've been told is that it is happening in person but Socially distance and stuff. And someone told me that the Grammys were done like that too. But I was quite surprised to hear it was going ahead in person because we did the Golden Globes virtually. And I thought that worked fine, you know, it's quite safe.
0: But you have been before. What were those events like?
1: Oh, well, I can't imagine this year it'll be anything like when I was there before because that was back in the before times when you could, um, you know, get a selfie with a movie star by standing up right beside them. <laughs> now, I'd say there'd be bodyguards keeping everyone away from each other. So I can't imagine what it'll be like this year or if I'll even go this year. You know, I think it might be that I'll have to do it virtually. But yeah, in previous years it's lovely because there'd be like the Oscar luncheon. And there'd be all these different little parties that you'd kind of, you almost felt like an interloper because I don't live there. I'm not part of that whole scene, but you'd get invited to like the variety party or Elton John's after party or something. And it's just fun because, you know, you're not. I'm not in that business and I just get to meet some of the, you know, the people that I might have admired from afar as a teenager or something. So, you know, it's good crack.
0: Yeah, is there any kind of perks that you didn't realize came with being a nominee?
1: Yeah. And I don't think I ever took as much advantage of them as others because a lot of the perks are around kind of, you know, brands looking for uh, free advertising or something. So we've always ended up supporting, you know, local Irish designers and my wife getting dressed from local Irish designers or, you know, local people with sponsors. But I think for the nominees out in the States, it's big business. And if a famous movie star wears a certain designer's dress it's worth so much to them and all that crack so never really got into all the gifting parties and all that so i don't know animation is lucky in that it is still very down to earth the animation branch are all you know cartoonists and animators and so we don't get caught up in the same glitz and razzmatazz we're just sort of bemused bystanders i remember standing on the red carpet at one of the oscars with um you know, Roger Allers, who directed The Lion King and made several billion for the Disney Corporation, and Bill Croyer, who was one of the uh, governors of our branch. And we all stood there and just watched the madness all around us as people were screaming, trying to get photos with movie stars and stuff. And we're just like completely invisible. And nobody knows who animators are. And we like it like
0: that. <laughs> You're the pure, ordinary folk at the Oscars, no less, though.
1: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. If such a thing can exist.
0: It obviously can't get boring, can it, to get an Oscar nomination, even, a, even when you're on your fifth?
1: It doesn't get boring. And as I say, it's staying interesting because it feels like each one is getting closer to um, the possibility of a win. Like, it's never easy, but you wouldn't be nominated at that level and it'd be easy. You know, you're up against the green of the crop. But the fact that we're being taken quite seriously as a serious competitor keeps it very interesting, I have to say.
0: Yeah, so things like when you're doing your drawing session uh, this weekend with the the Actors Guild, is there like are you pitching for like this is why I feel the Oscar should go to us rather than Soul, your kind of greatest rival uh, this year? Um,
1: I guess that's part of the strategy. I think a lot of it is just trying. To, I think the thing is, a lot of it is just trying to reach voters who mostly family people who watch these kind of movies with their kids, have them keep the movie at the forefront of their mind when they're making up their mind who to vote for. You know, I know personally, I tend to vote for films that I appreciate the craft of rather than films that I've sort of um, been invited to a party with the filmmaker or something. But I suppose there's always an aspect of if you've had a good time with somebody, you might think favorably of them when you're filling out your ballot, you know.
0: Is that you've mentioned that event, but is there anything else in the coming weeks that is your focus in terms of making sure that you are up there um and still in with a running of of actually getting that Oscar?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a whole series of talks and like what would have happened in the past, I would have been out in LA and we would have done cast and crew screenings where we would have had, you know, whoever the actors were in the in the film there with us answering questions with audiences and doing a lot of screenings and a lot of kind of I don't know shaking hands and kissing babies and stuff and so whatever the version of it is going to be this time virtually I'm anticipating there'll be quite a lot of it so from what I know about so far it's mostly um meetings with other filmmakers where we invite academy members and the general public to come along and we have a chat about the movie and they can ask us questions and things like that i think that's about the height of what i can do Um, and then whatever sort of tv and radio or whatever we can do remotely for for the states usually you try and go on some of the talk shows or whatever you know
0: promise them all trips to to Kilkenny in the years to come yeah
1: <laughs> maybe yeah maybe Who is knows? there
0: just from again me coming from outside of this world and the academy award seems to be the pinnacle but is there something else in your movie making world that actually means more to you than that
1: uh yeah I mean the awards and all are lovely because they're signal boosters and people take you seriously and they professional armor but you know already we won audience awards and stuff which means so much to me and then like we've got the annies coming up which is as i said or the animation version of the oscars where all it's all animators um recognizing each other and we've been nominated for 10 awards in the annies which is massive but honestly away from all the awards and all of that kind of stuff the real thing is getting like i've got a stack of letters here beside me from children and i have to take the time and write back to them all because you know that's where i came from i was a kid who loved cartoons and the idea that you know, I didn't really care if a film won an Oscar or not. I just enjoyed it for what it was. And that's really who like our primary, primary audience are, you know, families and, and kids. And if they're enjoying the movie and responding to it, that's and I know it sounds corny, but that really is reward enough.
0: So what's next for Cartoon Saloon and, and for yourself?
1: Well, I'm sort of, at the moment, just acting as the connective tissue in Cartoon Saloon because I'm one of the founders, or the lifers, as we call ourselves. And the studio is so busy. I'm just trying to help all the projects that are in production now, you know, with whatever experience I might have had. So we're in production with a feature film called Puffin Rock, which will be the next feature film that's released. And that's based on a TV series. And it's kind of aimed at little, like, three to five-year-olds. And it's very cute and set off the west coast of Ireland and an island full of puffins who have to deal with refugees from climate change because there's all these animals arriving on their rock. You can't live where they're from. And then we've got a feature film with Netflix, which is probably the biggest feature we've ever done. Uh, And it's called My Father's Dragon and it's based on an American children's book. And it's written by um, Meg LaFauve, who wrote Inside Out and The Good Dinosaur and Captain Marvel and stuff. So it's huge. Nora Toomey's directing that. And then we have a a series for Apple, which is just starting in production. And it's also a bit of an epic one because it's it's a big one of the longest projects we've ever taken on. It's going to take about three or four years to finish. But um yeah so we're mad busy at the moment.
0: So Netflix, Apple Oscars, it's really ticking all the boxes you need right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you yeah. if you're going to uh, be, be able to get away with the the pure animated ordinary folk for for, for long Tom. Uh, you can watch, if you haven't watched Wolf Walkers, you can get it on Apple TV. If you don't subscribe to Apple TV, you can get it on a seven-day free trial at the moment. Um, so you can definitely watch it. And actually a really good week to watch it because of St. Patrick's Day and that Irish feel that I was talking about earlier. Um, there is kind of a, a real warmth about it, particularly this week.
1: And I should say, watch out for it in the cinemas because I know our distributors, Wildcard, had to pull it from cinemas and they're hoping to re-release it as soon as the cinema's reopened. So any Irish families, I, I'm sure you'll enjoy it if you want to go back to the cinema when the cinema's reopened.
0: Yeah, and, I, and people could do it twice because I'm sure it'll be a very different uh, vibe and, and experience doing it in the big screen as opposed to... I think so. Yeah, definitely. So. Well, congratulations, and hopefully we'll have you back as an Academy Award winner uh, later it would on not this Wouldn't be nice? It would and be. I hope so. <laughs>
1: Macalore, Slaan, Thanks very much,
0: Tom. Thank you for listening to The Explainer and a big thank you to Tom for joining us for this chat. This episode of The Explainer was brought to you by producers Eva Barry and Nikki Ryan. If you're enjoying the episodes, please leave us a review and rating wherever you listen. It's the most important thing you can do to support The Explainer. You can also share with a friend who you think will enjoy it. Thank you and catch you next time.